Hello everyone, welcome back to the Film Vice, and happy Easter weekend. To celebrate the three-day weekend, we decided to publish an extra episode for you guys. In this episode, Javier and myself talk about The Matrix and this if the sequels are really necessary. We also discuss dead actors and actresses and their role that they still have in modern film. To close out the podcast, we discuss, in our opinion, what movies we feel should have sequels. Please keep an eye out for our two-hour podcast uh, that will be released uh, this weekend. It's uh, completely uncut. And uh, if you enjoy listening to us ramble on, uh, <laughs> that might be the podcast uh, version for you. Uh, please remember to drop us a like and follow on Twitter and Facebook at The Film Vice. And we hope everyone enjoys their weekend. And thank you all for listening. I saw that you had asked what movies do you think should have gotten sequels? Mm-hmm. And I came up with a good one that shouldn't have a sequel. That shouldn't? Yeah, that shouldn't. All right. Well, I, I can think of a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, I could too, actually. Now that I think about it, it's like, damn, I could just stop. But, but notably, one who's – I just want to say quick – Quick mention before we get into movies that should have had sequels. For a dishonorable mention for a movie that should not have had sequels, definitely 100% The Matrix. What? How? What? Like just any sequels at all, or would you any. had rather any. like? I don't care about okay. the spinoff, the Animatrix, but oh, okay. I mean, uh-huh. The Matrix shouldn't have had a reloaded and very much less a. Uh, revolution. Okay. Why do you feel like that or that way? Okay, so are we about to disagree, man? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, because I like the Matrix movies. <laughs> I okay, like all of so, them. <laughs> Guilty pleasure. So the, the, <laughs> <laughs> so the problem that I have with the sequels to the Matrix is that the first one is so superb. I mean, it is such a grandiose, just amazing achievement in a movie for its time. Okay, that movie came out in the 90s. It was in the late 90s, but it was still the 90s, you know? Mm -hmm. And for what they did after, not only did they not break new ground, but each movie, the story got progressively worse. Because they they didn't have an ending to it, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know if you knew, but the the original writer of the Matrix sued the Wachowski brothers and recently won in court for the rights 
um, to the Matrix because she she proved that uh, that they stole it pretty much. Mm-hmm. And uh, once she got the rights back or whatever, um, well, I'm I'm not sure what she did after that. And I and to be clear, I'm not sure if that's even what the outcome was was that she was able to get the rights to the Matrix. But she did win in court against the Wachowski brothers or Wachowskis, and uh, she even mentioned something. That saying that why do you think the sequels were so terrible? It's because I didn't write them because she wrote the first one. And uh, oh, quick fun fact: um, the book that she wrote was the Terminator and the Matrix combined. Nice. Yeah, so it was like the machines from the Matrix trying to stop the Matrix from happening by sending a, a machine back in time while all the stuff in the Matrix is happening present time. So it was pretty <laughs> pretty cool, but uh, yeah, I, I I couldn't believe it that when she won the court case, that I mean, it must have been true, right? I mean, for I mean, I think it went all the way up to the highest of courts, man. So uh, it's just uh, I always took that as as an even bigger sign that like, yeah, man, there's something very flawed with these sequels, very very flawed with these sequels, and. And I've seen them recently too, man, and they do not hold up. I don't know how how soon you've seen them, but I I had the the worst time watching them. Yeah, it's been a while for me, but um, I I had no idea about any of that, honestly. Yeah, and when you when you go back and watch them, you see the first one has kind of I guess the what I would call just like perfect pacing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everything just kind of hits a beat only to immediately in one sequel just completely fucking fly off the handle with with the agent cloning himself. I mean it would just – the span of one movie, one movie, Paul, we go from the hardest thing you can do is even stand up to an agent, not beat him, even survive him, you know, Yeah. to, hey, this guy could kill them. To him fighting fucking eighty of them in a playground, you know what I mean? It's 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 just uh what I would call a, a severe dip in quality. And uh, at the eighty of them didn't even look that good either. Like the CGI no, they didn't. didn't hold up on that one. <laughs> but I get the idea. I mean, you have to go above uh-huh. and beyond. That movie was breakthrough for what you did in the nineties. I mean, setting up all those cameras just for one shot of Keanu Reeves doing the limbo is is a huge feat i mean they to this day they still hold the record for most still cameras used in one shot uh that's a lot of effort man and uh there was no effort like that in the next other than the effort that was put into a computer cgi program so yeah i mean i just didn't have the heart no, no yeah, heart, I, no. And then, oh, the the literal doors you have to walk through, and oh my god, I could go on and on, but I just wanted a quick shout out that I think, even even if they were good, right? Let's say let's say they were good or they were tolerable for me at least, because I know you say you like them. Mm-hmm. I think it would add more to the Matrix if you take those two movies out than if you leave them in, because if you take them out then we have our imaginations to just like, oh man, what would have happened? You know what I mean? Yeah. And we wouldn't have these negative recalls of like, oh, well, these sequels did happen. Oh, and they totally did this. And oh, well, yeah, they totally did that too. 
So how do you feel about the the next one, the new one that's coming out soon? Are you going to give it a chance? Or... Man. I, I don't know what they're going to do with that. I mean, first of all, Neo's fucking eyes are burned out of his skull. He has no eyes. It's so... okay. They're going to clone him. <laughs> I mean, I would not put it past that, man. I honestly would not put it past them. Like the machines make their own Neo or they reprogram him with some god code that they have because as he was as he was being taken away um and again this is from the matrix 3 called the matrix revolutions and in the ending scene uh neo has a final battle with agent smith inside of the matrix where he pretty much hacks the agent himself and through his network just completely gets rid of all the other agents whatever that's not the point uh, the mm-hmm. point is that he kind of gets carried off by Jesus. I mean, by Jesus, like Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was pretty much like in a cross state, golden, like shining golden light being taken away. And he like gave his life for everyone else. Uh, so him in the sequel, I just don't see it. Well, I hope it's good. I mean, what is it going to be? <laughs> what is it going to be? At this point, I don't care. I just, uh, I want to see Keanu Reeves in a, you know, another karate kicking movie, you know, besides John Wick. I mean, John Wick is amazing in its own right and different convo. But, you know, Keanu Reeves in general is just great. So maybe I don't like The Matrix. I just like Keanu Reeves. I don't know. Well, I'm not, I'm not here to convince <laughs> you that you don't like The Matrix. Hey, like The Matrix, but do, you, is it worth having Keanu Reeves? In a Matrix Four, when it when it undermines the Matrix as a whole, hmm. like do you like him enough that you want the, your franchise to just be less than? Because it's Maybe. not going to be good. <laughs> it's not going to be good, man. I, you never I know. Like you I'm, never know. Okay. Do they have a synopsis for this thing? You may say. <laughs> You may say you never know, yet prediction after prediction, man. Holy shit, do the movies that I say are going to bomb fucking bomb, man. And no, okay, fine. <laughs> I don't see The Matrix bombing. I don't. Uh, but I don't see myself walking out of that movie being like, oh, my God, that's what I've been wanting this whole time. Like, yes, they, <laughs> they finally brought it full circle because I still had questions. I don't have any fucking questions, man. What, what could they possibly make this about? Yeah. Yeah, the only questions I ever really had were got covered in the Animatrix pretty much. So Yeah, <laughs> and they did it well. But could you imagine the level of writing skill you're going to have to have to write The Matrix 4? I mean, fuck, that's intimidating. That's a lot yeah. of pressure. And – not pressure aside, right? You have to be good enough to even make it make sense. Because already yeah. everything's stacked against you. Everyone is already like, well, I thought he died. So boom, go. And it's it's a horrible writing job. Whoever's in charge of this Matrix 4, man, I, God bless you. You have my <laughs> respects. But I hope you do not fail. But I'm willing to bet that you will. You're not going to have a career after this. <laughs> oh. No. Because but... it's a franchise uh, that I love, man. I'm, I'm going to be honest with it. Like the the Metal Gear movie that's coming out, right? 
It's being mm-hmm. directed by John Vo Roberts, or if I'm saying his name wrong, I'm sorry. But uh, no matter how badly I want that movie to do well, like it's probably not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, who, who, it's a video game gonna, movie. Yeah, it's a video game movie, and everything that I've ever learned from video game movies, except for Mortal Kombat and uh, a Sonic, is is that it's it's gonna be trash. Yeah. I'm I mean, Super Mario's wasn't all that bad. <laughs> I can't even say that. that I can't even say that without <laughs> laughing. Talk about a guilty pleasure movie right there. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I guess that would be guilty pleasure movie. But I wouldn't watch that alone. I mean, I I know people like yourself who would gladly be like, yeah, pop it on, <laughs> let's watch it. Yeah, let's talk some shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, it looks like the Wachowski brothers did not have any part in writing uh, The Matrix 4. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't imagine they would, right? Because they're like, what? Why? Yeah. and But, well, one is directing it. It doesn't say both of them. So uh, that's got to cause some peace of mind, at least. <laughs> I just don't get it, man. I don't get it. Looking at this cast, right, you got Jada Pinkett Smith, which obviously uh, she's Niobe, um, but you got Neil Patrick Harris. What? You better be an agent. That's the only <laughs> yeah, way that, that I'm going to like this. Yeah. He would be a good agent. Be- before I saw it right now, and I don't know what his role is, but that would be pretty sweet, right? Yeah, yeah. To go all robotic. Well, not robotic, but just, you know, intense and. Yeah, intense you know, and no expression. I mean, yeah. make him gay. Make him, <laughs> I mean, definitely establish. Yeah, he's a gay agent. I mean, but then I mean, how, bring it up again. How hard would it be for him? Like, let's say he wasn't an agent and he was, you know, one of the people that can go into the Matrix or whatever. I forget what they're called. But how hard would it be for them not to write in suit up for when he's about to go into the matrix like <laughs> oh if he was an operator yeah well i mean even if he even if he was just going in or you know if he was on the com- the computer or whatever they do just for him not to say suit up in that movie would be i feel a missed opportunity but it w- would probably ruin the whole movie honestly but <laughs> it wouldn't ruin it i mean come on john wick 3 had the balls to say guns Lots of guns. That's yeah. balls, okay? I mean, uh, people clapped in the theater when they said that, which was cool, but I think they could pull it off if they did it the same way. I mean, if you just go extreme cheese, it's acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the movie's not going to be good anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, talk about missed opportunities in movies. Uh, Gemini Man with Will Smith. Oh, yeah, okay. I have I have not seen it, but uh, I mean, it's like I've read things on how it was supposed to be interpreted, and it just yeah, missed opportunity for sure. Well, no, I mean missed opportunity in a sense, like you said, with Neil Patrick Harris saying "suit up," right? Mm-hmm. In uh, in Gemini Man, Will Smith is riding with Will Smith. And the older version asked the younger version, so you were born in Philly? And he could have said, born and raised 
you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he didn't. He just says, yup. Like fucking assholes, man. Yeah. What the fuck is the matter with y'all? You have two <laughs> Will Smiths in one movie and you can't make one Easter egg? <laughs> Imagine how... Per- so you grew up in Philly, born and raised. Oh, shit! Fucking hell! Like, the whole crowd would go wild, man. Y'all missed it. I'd buy yeah. the DVD just to... No, okay. Yeah. Right, Gemini, man. But I'll lie about it just for that joke. I'll put it on my watch later on YouTube. That's yeah, <laughs> just for you. I'll clip that one part. I yeah, I can see that. That's... I, I feel like that is a that's a that's a letdown setup. Though. It is a huge you know, like, letdown, and it's it's a glaring issue, uh, not just for me, but for my for my delicate nostalgia. I I needed that to happen. There's rare moments where things just come together so perfectly, and that was that moment, and they took <laughs> it from me. It was never to be replaced. But at least I got it in John Wick, right? What do you need? Guns. And then, oh, is he going to say it? Lots of guns. Oh, he fucking said it. Said it. Fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm satisfied for tonight. <laughs> Get on my phone. Mom, did you hear it? Just uh, <laughs> calling everybody right then and there. You got to watch this movie just for this then... one 10 second clip. <laughs> just kind of the universe works when it comes to you wanting somebody to see a certain part in a movie, but you don't want to point it out to them, but you're excited that that part's coming up and you want to see what they're going to think about that one part. But always at that specific part, something happens where they miss it. It's fucking bullshit. Mm. Have you (laughs) noticed that? Yeah, it's just the world fucking with you, man. You what know, is that? That's amazing. Mother Nature has that has that way of doing things. <laughs> is there just like this bad timing demon where all his whole job is to just fuck with timing of things? There's like when you make be. mashed potatoes first before your chicken's done, and it's like, fuck, these are going to get cold. There's just like 45 yeah. fucking minutes left on this chicken. That's that, de- that's that demon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. dumb fuck. <laughs> there's got to be a name got to be a name for that asshole there really Enjoy does there has to be one <laughs> nobody enjoys cold taters god damn it no they don't <laughs> the but gravy we can't even to. help this <laughs> we want to like as a society we're ready to like cold taters <laughs> cold cooked taters were defried. fried some cold tater tats <laughs> on pizza, on cold pizza. Uh, it, I don't know. There has to be something for sure. I, I, I'd look up. Uh, I'm going to look that up later on my own personal time and just be like, fuck, there is someone, <laughs> some kind of demon. Give, hey, you got you to gotta admit <laughs> that we're on a very slippery slope when it comes to um, deceased actors in movies. Yeah. We're going to get to a point where we're going to let go of, of really regulating it too much or, or really caring about it where it's going to be just such a normal thing that eventually we're going to have like a Biggie and Tupac movie with Biggie and Tupac. 
<laughs> you know, they're just going to photo like all the photos that were ever taken of them. And they're just going to like implement it on a, on a actor who has all these fucking balls in their face and yep. they're going to do it. They're going to do it. Are played by a family member that wants to be famous or something. Yeah. But they'll still change their face. Yeah. Digitally, because th- that whole Princess Leia thing of her being in uh, Rise of Skywalker with edited footage, and they even brought her back younger for uh, the little Easter egg in, in Rogue One. If you haven't seen yeah. Star Wars Rogue One, there's a scene in there where it shows you kind of the beginning of Star Wars Episode Four: A four. New Hope. Yeah. And it kind of transitions from Rogue One into A New Hope. And if you're a Star Wars fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you're not, it's just pretty much like a, a callback to the 1970s movie. Uh, and they digitally made Carrie Fisher, the actress who played Princess Leia, they made her look... I don't even think they did it digitally. It was full CG, right? They just completely recreated a young Carrie Fisher and put mm-hmm. her in the movie. So that's the thing that I'm finding concerning is that where is it going to stop from here? Because you haven't really heard of it being done recently, but it's not going to stop. It's going to pop back up in some sort of other way. And I believe that if it would have been a common thing to have, like when Heath Ledger died, that it, they probably would have uh, like added some scenes or done some sort of weird stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, and that's not even the only character that they do in Rogue One. They do uh, the I don't remember his name. The the old guy. He's part of the uh, leaders. Oh my god, I don't remember his name. I'm gonna get so much shit for it. Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> no, on um, on Rogue One, it was uh, the the old guy. Um, uh, he's he's. He's kind of famous, but <laughs> I mean, not in our our time so much, but more like in the eighties and seventies. Um, James Earl Jones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who did who did he play? No, uh, he played uh, one of like the commanders of the of the Death Star. Um, oh, you you mean the the guy that they they did that with uh, General Tarkin or whatever. Yes, I believe so. I, I that's uh, I'm trying to figure out right now. I can't remember his name for the life of me. Yeah, it's General um, Tarkin. Wow, I can't believe I fucking got that right. Hey, <laughs> nerd. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it slipped my mind. I'm so sad right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they did that. They did that with him on Rogue One as well. They did. Um, yeah. So, so you see, where does it stop? I mean. Because, look, I would love uh, to see uh, actors that I, I could never see in other roles be brought back to do stuff like that. But it's like such a fine line that I think will break one day. I think one day, eventually enough people would have died to just stop caring so closely, you know? That some generation yeah. way in the future, they're just gonna start fucking with movies in this in this weird way where you're gonna have like a Clint Eastwood John Wayne movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 where I would seriously chill. <laughs> Cause yeah. I mean I didn't even like they did a really good job about you know keeping this, you know, uh uh 
like they didn't they didn't they didn't let the word get out that they were doing this on this movie to both of the characters which you know it makes me wonder how you know audiences and the nerdum and stuff were would have felt about it if it did get out you know no one knew that this was going to happen true yeah they they had a very clear choice with general tarkin though how so that they i mean they he he was already dead you know what i mean so it was from the get-go a decision that they decided to just cross that line yeah and for a company yeah, as big as Disney to be the one that okayed it, I mean, that means anyone can okay it. Yeah, they just need enough money for it. And who did they ask for that permission? Like, did they ask family or they just went like, oh, he's got one more movie in his contract deal. Let's just fucking do it this way. Or did... <laughs> well, what I'm wondering is that, you know, since he was an older gentleman that, like I said, maybe enough time has passed generation-wise to where more people are more inclined to like the the studio paycheck than the respects to the to the ancestor. Yeah, that's true. Um, but in a way, well, I mean, I mean I'm as, sure. Well, I was gonna say sure... that I could see as a family member wanting to kind of preserve some sort of like legacy for your loved one. So if someone's willing to do that in a very popular movie and pay you for it, then I guess I'd be like, yeah, put my dead grandfather on screen, make him dead. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many people had no idea, you know, who that actor even was before they even uh, saw the movie. Yeah, you know, I'm sure yeah, like wonder... there's a ton of people out there that don't don't even know that that actor is dead. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, he's he's out of but there. But they think he's living on, waiting for his next performance. And he's uh, he was an old school actor to begin with. I mean, his for him doing Star Wars and the seventies. I mean, he was he was already up there in age. Hey, give me your your sequel that you do want. Uh, a sequel I did want. I now that I think about it, it's kind of dumb, but I was I was watching it and. I mean, I got a couple in my head that I feel like should have sequels, but will never happen. Uh, the first, the first one is definitely going to be uh, the professional uh, or Ooh, Leon, Leon the professional. Yeah. Wow. So Leon that the one, professional. I f- hold on, Leon the professional yeah. uh, was a movie that came out what early '90s, late '80s. I believe so. Yeah, definitely had to be early '90s, I think, because Natalie and- Portman was like twelve. Yeah, it must have been Natalie Portman's first role. So the movie's Leon the Professional, and it stars Natalie Portman in it. And uh, what what was that guy's name, that French actor? Uh, Jean Reno. Yeah, Jean Reno, uh, who you might remember from Godzilla. (laughs) (laughs) Matthew Broderick, I don't know. Of all his movies, that's That's so now we know the one that you remember him from. That's... Yeah, well he was he was the guy that chewed gum in the in the Humvee. Yeah. <laughs> like Elvis. Yeah, like Elvis, exactly. But that's that's the movie that that he's saying should have a sequel. Leon the Professional. Why should it have yep. a sequel? What in the so, Oh okay, okay, I see where you're going with this. The, the way it the way it ends is just it leaves you on a cliffhanger. 
and it's it's frustrating because I I from what I've read I know the reason why it doesn't have a sequel, but it should have a sequel. And if 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 you're into this director's work, uh, his name is uh, Luc Besson, and I actually like his work. He's done movies like um, uh, uh, Lucy and The Fifth Element, and his 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 movies are great. He has one movie called Columbiana, and in my mind. That movie is a substitute for what could have been a sequel to Leon the Professional. I don't know how true that is as far as to, you know, his opinion or anything like that. Yeah, because it's just, you know, he left this movie open to to a sequel. Like, well, it could, like, it ends in a way that it can have a sequel or it can just, you know, end. And it's just, it's, you know, you, the, the sequel that I wanted to satisfy me for what I got is Columbiana because of the story that it has, it, it just kind of fills it in for me, but, you know, Natalie Portman is still working and, you know, I've, I've read interviews that she would love to replay this part. I mean, in, in the movie. Amazing. Man, holy shit! I never even considered the possibility that that we get a female assassin, grown up Natalie Portman movie. That would be great. Yeah, it would be amazing. And it, even in the movie, he teaches her how to be a hitman in his yeah, style, his way. Sniper paintballs. Yeah, he has a little girl on a rooftop, twelve years old, sniping out people. <laughs> Politicians. So, yeah, so she I can learn people. how to be a hitman. <laughs> it's amazing. It's but I mean the movie can be a little, you know, controversial for the relationship that they have because, you know, Jean Reno is, you know, a man in his like what, late 30s, early 40s and she's 12 years old. They kind of have mm-hmm. not so much a romantic relationship, but definitely it does Natalie dance Portman's around the edges of it going romantic, definitely. Yes. Because I mean she they do touch on it. Yeah. And I mean, if they also kind of touched that John Reno's character, Leon, isn't a hundred percent, you know, opposed. Grown. Well, I mean, I would say like you know, uh, mature uh, oh. in a mature fashion oh, right. because he You're, seems yeah, because he's he's like on her level as far as because he's very yeah, he seems kind of yeah. So that's the kind of way that it evens out a little bit, but you just kind of have to see past the age in a sense, which is kind of a hard thing to do in the movie. It is a very hard thing to do, especially when uh, the feeling was almost reciprocated onto the girl. So it was, it was very yeah. weird. Yeah, but exactly. Whatever. It makes it hard to watch, but, but I would movie. love to I mean, have it a sequel. It's a, it's a risky topic and they went for it. And it's one of the fucking greatest movies of all time because of it. Well, not that specifically, but that whole movie yeah. as, a, as a whole is great. Yeah. And even uh, Gary Oldman's in it and his performance know, is man. amazing in that movie. Bring he's just, he's just everyone. <laughs> Yeah, he he goes for it. He goes for it in this movie for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he thought he was going to get an act an Oscar for it or what, but I Oscar, mean, he brought Oscar it. Oscar aspirations or no, that guy brings it. That's true. I mean, he didn't sit around and was like, "I'm going to get an Oscar for James Gordon for Batman." No, but he was phenomenal. 
I mean, he true. has some acting chops, and he probably even loves what he does. So that'd be great. Yeah. Shout out Gary Oldman. Yep, he's that actor that just gives it 110 mm-hmm. percent <laughs> to any role, and you can't typecast him even if you wanted to. Are you bedazzling? <laughs> yeah, I am bedazzling. He'll go out there, give it 110 percent. Yeah, you want to play, play good? good. You hope yeah. play good. I think we play pretty good tonight. <laughs> hey, <laughs> let me just say, man, that oh, bedazzled too. Okay, with Ricky Gervais as the devil would be awesome. See, that's that's the movie I thought you were going to bring up because I've heard you, uh, well, not heard, but I've seen you talk about that before. Yeah, and actually, you know, I, I wouldn't hate like, that I idea. That, I wouldn't either. I I wouldn't. Now look, Elizabeth Hurley definitely get her involved. I mean, she's Elizabeth Hurley. I haven't seen her in anything recently. I wonder what she's been up to, but. Bedazzled 2 would see Elizabeth Hurley maybe training her replacement, which is a really jolly and shitty at being a devil Ricky Gervais, you know, with like (laughs) a really sinister dark side that she picks up on that she wants to bring out. And then they pick a new guy who who would who would you put put them on? Who would you curse with Elizabeth Hurley and Ricky Gervais? I have no idea. I would want to say Steve Carell. But Ooh, that's a good one. I know there's no way that in hell that he would say yes to that, <laughs> especially with, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> especially with him focusing on you know more drama roles nowadays and stuff. But I feel like uh, that would be a a, pr- a pretty decent fit for Steve Carell and Ricky Gervais that's just to go at it. Good, yeah. Especially with um, you know, we got that little scene of them too on, in the office, just kind of vibing off each other. I would like I to see like, more of it. Oh man, that one little clip where David Brent meets Michael Scott, I wish could be extended to like four hours long. Just the whole conversation <laughs> between them two. It's amazing. Just the whole season right there. That would be and amazing. And I'm a huge fan of the UK office. If mm-hmm. if some of you didn't know, the office was actually originally from the UK. And it was called The Office, and it was created by Ricky Gervais, star of many hit movies and hilarious comedian. You know him best from ripping your favorite celebrities, a new asshole at the Emmys. <laughs> and uh, two new assholes. At that, mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't hold back on that one. <laughs> no, he didn't. Jesus. <laughs> I was surprised they let him finish the show. You know, like they just didn't tell him to go. <laughs> Leave. I don't know that that would well that would look bad on ABC because then that would put some sort of validation into what he's saying. That's and they true. They can't have that. So the the more that people just see it as a joke, maybe. But then again, everyone took it as like a big hallelujah to finally just kind of backhand Hollywood a little bit, you know? Yeah. Because they're always virtual yeah. signaling the common man into what they should do and their idea of what a productive member of society is when they don't actually function in any means of a regular society at all. Yeah. Half of them don't even do their own grocery shopping. Yeah. I love his comedy special. Uh, his recent one that just came out where uh, he said, um, a lot of people ask me how much a gallon of milk is. Yeah. I get it. You're trying to find out how out of touch I am. It's not going to work. Here's $1,000. Just get me one. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny, man. How many uh, how many times do you watch uh, Ricky Gervais in uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto, or did you watch him in Grand Theft Auto? A lot. I think it was what the, when, the fourth one. Is it the fourth one? It, yeah, it was or? Grand Theft Auto Four, and I've watched it a lot because not because I would go AFK in that game a lot. You know what I mean? Without wanting to log out or anything, and I'm kind of mm-hmm. the kind of gamer where I don't like my person standing around. I don't know if that's a thing for you. Uh, it's um. weird. Let me explain. Okay, let me explain. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll leave a little bit from movies just to touch on this a very little bit. But uh, let's say The Legend of Zelda, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm playing The Legend of Zelda, and right now I'm playing Breath of the Wild on the Switch, which is amazing. But, well, actually, oh, man, I could get into a huge rant about Zelda <laughs> and Breath of the Wild, but that's for a different podcast. I'm going to save that one, but... Uh, it's an it's an okay Zelda game. It's a great game. It's an okay Zelda game. But if I'm doing something in the background, I can't just leave him like standing there. It fucking bothers me. Like I either have to be on the pause menu or I have to shut the game off or like save it and close it and then open it up later because I just feel like I don't know, like my own immersion is breaking thinking that this guy is just standing there. You know what I mean? Like I okay, appreciate yeah, I games. It. I appreciate games like Sonic where if you just stand there, he'll die of boredom. You'll lose a life <laughs> because he's just like, hurry up. And he keeps looking at the screen and then he looks at his watch and then he taps his leg and then he dies. I like that. <laughs> I can leave him standing around because that's real. You know what I mean? Yeah. This, he's like a fucking robot. He's nothing. He just stands there. Doesn't move an inch. Just keeps breathing. And it's weird. So that's all yeah. I want to say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. I totally get it though. That's, uh, uh, I've been playing uh, Borderlands 3 recently, and uh, if uh, the character stays there, like we, whether you're not on a pause menu or the uh, like inventory menu or something, and he's just standing there, he'll my character Zane will be like, "These boots were made for walking, not standing around." And you know, he'll just say like little little ad libs just here and there to like make you want to play or put it on pause or something. But yeah, I totally get it now. I didn't know what you what you meant before though. Yeah, before I must have sounded like a fucking psycho. <laughs> Javier, what? Is I don't want to go on an eight-hour raid with you. <laughs> hey, uh, but I want Bedazzled too, right? To have Ricky mm-hmm. Gervais choose Louis C.K. Because Louis C.K. Be nice. is someone who constantly portrays how much he's fed up with inadequacies in his life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you already have that kind of predisposition of him being like, Oh, this could be better. This could be better. This could be better. And then you throw in Ricky Gervais's crazy dark humor while seeming like a nice guy. And then you take Louis CK's kind of like victim approach where he, I mean, he is, come on, he has like that puppy dog, someone just hurt me face. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time being very funny and he could also dig into kind of the uglier sides of his personality that come out once he starts getting the things that he wants. And it could even be reversed to where this guy who's a genuinely nice guy, like Ricky Gervais, having to be the devil, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have a bad guy like Louis kind of undeserving of wishes because he's like envious or whatever. 
and he he accepts it because he wants all that stuff. So you see him kind of learning to be a better person with the wishes. At the same time, the devil's learning to to be more like the devil. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. That makes makes sense, and it would make the you know the audience more intrigued into it because it's just kind of like, oh, well, this is a little different. You know, it's not something that normally happens. And then you can have Elizabeth Hurley in there, literally thrown anywhere. I mean, she could have three lines in the whole movie as long as she pops up every once in a while. We need some Elizabeth Hurley in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have another movie that would be – that kind of needs a sequel now that I think about it. Um, that Alita Battle Angel movie. Ooh, I've been meaning to watch that one. Um, really should especially coming from kind of the backgrounds that we have as gamers mm -hmm. this movie is so fun to watch because it's like a video game and for 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 those who've never played a video game <laughs> the basic concept is always the same you show a main character who's severely overpowered and just brutally amazing and then you strip it all away due to some sort of event where they have nothing. Everything that you just played with and saw, you have none of that. And then you slowly have them build them back up until they're complete again at the end. And they can do that one climactic finish with their full upgrades, right? Mm -hmm. That's this That's movie. The movie. Yes, <laughs> except, except when you're at that part in the game where you have all your upgrades and you're ready for the final boss, the movie just ends. What? Yes, it is the worst fucking cliffhanger, and but it's so good. Oh man, I hope I didn't just spoil anything for you, man. But I'm not going to tell you anything that happens in the movie. But it's um they they even make the cliffhanger worse. Like imagine hanging from a cliff. Well, they just made it rain too, and it's like <laughs> super windy, and someone's tickling you because. <laughs> The the actor that they show you who who is going to be the main boss if they ever decide to – and this is a guy who you you hear talking through other people throughout the movie. He has like – and this isn't spoiling anything. He just has an ability where he can speak through people. Um, mm -hmm. And when you finally find out who this guy is because you don't get to hear his voice because it's always through the voice of the people that he's taking control of, it's a huge actor. And I mean big, especially for a movie like this. That that even the identity of this fucking actor is a spoiler because it's like, oh, my God, are you serious? This was him. And and it needs to happen. And it's it's been a while already and there's no sort of indication or any sort of word that there's going to be a sequel. So I'm just I guess I'm kind of worried. <laughs> it sounds like it, it didn't be. do well. <laughs> it yeah, didn't do didn't. well financially. I mean, it did overseas. But here. um I mean, here it, it was just a lot of people just didn't tune in because it doesn't really seem like a kid's movie. And it wasn't, mm -hmm. honestly. It was like young adult. But young adult. But it doesn't seem this. like an. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I was like, it doesn't seem like a, an adult or young adult movie either. It yeah, it just like seems a, like a, a kid's movie. Yeah. But it's not. But I don't know. It's not, <laughs> it's not at all. Yeah. And the, the action is great. It's really creative action, and as far as creativity can go with robots, which already you know the, the possibilities are endless. You can just, yeah. oh, this upgrade does this now. But they do it in a really nice way. 
um, while having you care for the characters, while having a side relationship thing that honestly wasn't too cringy. Um, hmm. And they keep taking left turns when you think it's a one-way street. Me personally, for how well I can kind of predict how a movie will go, I swear, Paul, sometimes within like the first 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, that's going to be the conflict. They're going to resolve it like this. And that's exactly what happens. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you'll see one off. character <laughs> side glance another character in like just a certain way. And you already know mm-hmm. that they're going to have conflict in the later because in the past they have some sort of history that conflicts with them now. You know what I mean? It's yeah. the same shit. Here, like you spot the flashback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do it, man. Like, like every single time that I would think of where this movie was heading, I was wrong. And then when I was sure, 100, okay, now I got it. I embarrassed myself even worse because I knew even less. It was great. <laughs> Alita Battle Angel, if you haven't seen it, please watch it. It is 100% entertaining. You can even watch it with your kids if you're okay with your kids being disposed to a little bit of intense violence. Not like any guts coming out of anything, but robots versus robots. But they are like gouging each other's eyes out and stuff like that. No blood. Damn. <laughs> you know? The only blood that there is, like, uh, like a dog dies off screen. Oh my instead god! Of seeing, instead of seeing, no wonder the, the movie die, didn't do well. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it did well in other countries. <laughs> a dog dies, and instead of showing the gruesome death, because it does die in a pretty fucked up way, they just show like the pool of blood kind of like streaming from off screen on screen for like a second you know mm-hmm. so it takes care in that regard there's no like sexual stuff so uh if you're a parent and you're looking for a kick-ass movie to watch you want to be entertained watch alita battle angel if you haven't i definitely recommend it wholeheartedly you're gonna have a good time and if you don't um well nothing <laughs> No, no, I'm sorry. No I'm sorry for wasting your time. Email yeah. me. <laughs> no, I real definitely got to give it way, a shot, though. Real, real mm-hmm. quick for the listeners, um, we do have a Twitter at the Film Vice on Twitter. That's at the Film Vice, no spaces or underscores. And you can also find us on Facebook. And we'll try to put one of these out weekly. So if you enjoy the content, just let us know. Uh, reach out to us. Give us a follow. Start a Twitter just to give us a follow and never open that Twitter again. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it for our plug. Yep. I hope you guys enjoyed everything. And uh, keep enjoying. Like we said, we'll, we'll try and have uh, new episodes out every Wednesday. <laughs>